Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Taishar and Etherin, a Wheel of Time podcast. I'm Will. I'm Sam. As dictated by our notes, I'm now going to sing Strangers in the Night and Edelweiss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wait a second. (laughs) We uh, we have a Google Docs and, you know, sometimes we see each other taking notes. (laughs) Right. Um, And so we'll add little things to them. Yeah, uh, welcome to an off-topic episode. We did one of these a few months ago, and we've been looking for an opportunity to do another one. And, and we took the opportunity when neither of us finished our notes. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Um, <laughs> next week, we'll be uh, redoing The Great Hunt, and I'm actually I'm looking forward to that more now that I've started taking notes, because yeah. as we said, it's probably, I think, both of our favorite book in the first trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um and it, I mean, it's just a lot of fun. And, and actually going back through it, I've been noticing things that I didn't catch on my second reread. Yeah, um, same. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, you start thinking, well, this could definitely be in the show and that could be really cool. <laughs> right, exactly. So I'm looking forward to that here next week. Before we uh, dive into our off-topic things, I do want to remind you guys, as we talked about last week, that we have opened up the opportunity for all of you to support us via donation. You can just go to tsmpodcast.com and click the little donate button up there if you choose to uh, support us in that way. And if not, we're so glad that you're uh, you're with us. Yeah, uh, definitely. There's reoccurring donations. If you want to give like a one-time donation, just uh, select reminder so it won't It'll just remind you the next time and you could like select yearly and it might remind you again next year, but it won't automatically um, take it out. So anyway, and that just helps us pay for things like hosting and I'm trying to get a new laptop so I can get shows out in a timely manner. If you want to hear the details about that, check our last episode out. If you're uh, willing to help out that way, that'd be awesome. For sure. So, anyway, in this off topic episode, Sam and I both wanted to talk about a recent Netflix series. That, Several recent Netflix series. Actually, yes, a few, <laughs> a few. There was one in particular that uh, came up in our discussion mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Have you? Did you finish Shadow and Bone? Uh, no, because of Jupiter's Legacy, I didn't. <laughs> but I got. I don't know. I'm like four or five in. It's okay if you spoil it. I'm not too worried. I mean, okay, I probably will still watch it at some point, but I'm not worried. So let's start off, and I'll go ahead and call spoilers. Yeah, um, yeah that's for, We're going to say spoilers for Jupiter's Legacy. We'll go ahead and throw that out there. Yeah. Spoilers for Shadow and Bone. But but here's the thing. I'm saying spoilers because I know some people are very sensitive. Yeah, we, are, we won't intentionally like say, this I, yeah. is the ending, and here's exactly what happened. Right. 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 I'm, just, I'm just giving you that warning so that if we say something that you're like, I didn't want to know that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we're telling you now. I'm not going to give away the ending. Uh, I might say, you know, hey, there is a surprise at this mm-hmm. point or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, go. so let's uh, let's first talk about uh, Shadow and Bone. Yeah. I, I haven't read the books. Have you? No, no, I've not. I, I understand their YA, right. uh, which is exactly... <laughs> uh let me just say this out of the gate this is the, the my main takeaway like i enjoyed it and then also was very aware i am not the target demographic right, and right. the moment i was aware i was made aware i'm not the target demographic is when the protagonist is learning to use magic and can't progress 
because she's upset because she hasn't received any letters from her kind of sort of boyfriend. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. I'm like, okay, I, this is just, I'm, I am not the target demographic here. I'm no way saying that this is poor writing or, or anything. It's just, I, I'm not right. the one who should be moved in this moment. Yeah. I, it's funny because I'm obviously not either, but I have often read, of course, I read Hunger Games. I also read, I read the last one, weirdly. I didn't read all the other ones. Oh, yeah? And, and didn't, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind yeah. the books, the, likes, well, the, like the, you know. I'd like actually argue that of the, like, the YA stuff that has come out in the last de- decade, that Hunger Games is probably going to endure. Yeah, it's than, the, it's certainly the one that's had the most reach, you know, into yeah. wider popular culture, certainly. And I, and I also think there's some actual literary value in them. I mean, it is, Hunger Games was derivative of that other Battle Royale. Yeah, but it's okay. I mean, I think it, it did its own thing enough in a way that was, it kind of set itself apart well enough, I think. It's fine. Yeah. And I mean, and there's actually some parts where they where she uses some interesting imagery and yeah um, you know gets gets into a little bit of uh a little bit of social commentary here and there you know so that's that's why i say i think there's some staying power with it less so with the divergent series which i also read and enjoyed but more well like the first one felt interesting and yes somewhat original and i mean yeah it felt a lot like hunger games but but it still had its own kind of flavor yeah i've tried a couple of ya series there was one brandon sanderson wrote it was like skyward and then i tried was it red rising or something rising i can't remember the name of it there's another one ah it's gonna come to me later but but like both of them have that like first person oh yeah very you know centered on a protagonist who's a teenager, obviously. Yeah. And like, you can, it's like, you can tell pretty quick that it's YA, you know? Right. And like, and I don't know why I just tend to like, once I realize that, especially it's all about expectations. Like going in, if I don't realize it, like with the Brandon Sanderson thing, I got it, the audio, or I got the, the Kindle book from the library and started reading. It, it was like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> and like, I need to, I, I want to not do that. I want to not close myself off to things, sure. but it just, it's just like a gut reaction. Like, Oh, this isn't what I thought it was. <laughs> oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So I got suckered into, and if anybody has read these books, they'll laugh if they, if they have, if you haven't, then you'll just be like, oh, okay. So I heard an ad on podcast I was listening to for a fantasy series called the black witch chronicles mm-hmm. and they described it as uh harry potter kind of like grown up though like because it, it takes place in a university setting in a magical world and so i was like you know i'll give this a shot yeah because sam and i were harry potter generation like we oh were, yeah totally mm-hmm. we were like harry's age for the first couple of books and then of course by the time they were done we were in college yeah, yep. still still reading them and that really was uh, harry potter was the is why we have ya really it was yeah, the that's true. Su- success of harry potter that was like hey this is a huge crossover you've got adults reading it mm-hmm. um, and you know reading it to their kids and so you know, that that was where that became a new kind of target of, of kind of a you know hey we we can find stuff that parents will let their kids read but also we're gonna have parents actually interested in 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 the story too and yeah for interested. christmas we got our kids like a, these big beautiful illustrated versions of the first three Harry oh, yeah. Potter books and it's, it's so cool like yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I saw I, I saw those on a bookshelf at a bookstore when I was I was actually with my parents. My mom was like, "Hey, would you want want these for Christmas?" I was kind of like, uh, 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if it was just me, it'd be like, well, I've read them. I don't, I don't need that. But for my kids, it's kind of cool. No, but I'm saying, like, I, I didn't, I kind of didn't want to admit it, but I was like, <laughs> right, fair enough. Yeah. Definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to have those. Um, yeah. It was actually at that same used bookstore that I found a really good deal on some hardbacks of the Wheel of Time. Oh, nice. Heck yeah. Which uh, I actually don't have many physical copies uh wheel of time books yeah, yeah. Um, so we're uh, finally to the ones i have again like i gave away some i lost some but from winter's heart on i have i have mostly hardbacks of these of yeah. the later books yeah well I, i'd like nice. to like to get a full set of the hardbacks so i can do the um juniper books they're dust jackets that make the mural when you have them all in order. Oh, next to another. cool, cool, yeah. Rock on. So anyway, Black Witch, before we get back to Shadow and Bone. Black Witch is what I would describe as Harry Potter. Yes, there is definitely a part of it that feels a little bit like Harry Potter as far as it's taking place at a school, but it's mixed with Twilight. <laughs> Oh, wow. And you talk about you talk about not being the target, the target audience. Yeah, oh man. Like I went through the whole thing cuz I I was like, well, I'm committed now. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. It's not like when I say it's mixed with Twilight, I don't mean like it's lame. And I'm sorry for any of our listeners who who like Twilight. I think most though my friends who were fans of the series got to acknowledge it's awful. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like okay, <laughs> I just love there's a Stephen King quote. I can't remember where he said it. Maybe it was yes, on Twitter. Yeah, I know exactly. What yeah, I mean. where he says the difference between J.K. Rowling and uh, Stephanie Meyer is that J.K. Rowling doesn't write crap. <laughs> 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 oh man, I went to see the second or third twilight movie in theaters with my wife and uh, good times i actually i've seen the twilight movies because of riff track oh yeah um, yeah, yeah the the guys from mystery science theater 3000 you can download these uh, commentaries where as you're watching the movie they'll make fun of them and that's the only way i've ever watched them it's actually pretty enjoyable that oh way. yeah no that sounds great i would definitely do that the the element that makes it like twilight is it's it is very much about the relationships. Mm -hmm. and, and let's be honest here. Shadow and Bone has some of that. Yep. I'm not saying that's all yep. that Shadow and Bone is, but it definitely has that. That's I'd a almost, very key piece of it. <laughs> I'd almost say like that is has become a hallmark of, of YA. Now, yeah, um, it certainly feels that way. Black Witch feels like they're going for a little older than the typical YA audience. Like they are trying to get the people um, who actually read Twilight when they're yeah, like people who read Twilight and Harry Potter when they were mm -hmm. coming out, you know, yeah, and they're yeah. now in their twenties, maybe even thirties. Yeah, I actually I recommended it to a friend of mine who enjoyed both Twilight and Harry Potter. I was like, you need to read this. You need to read this. You're gonna love it. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I finally bought her a copy of of the book and gave it to her, and she was like. You're right. I, I totally love this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's part of the reason why I bring it up. I know in our audience, we probably have people who would really enjoy Black Witch Chronicles. Yeah, they, I mean, looking at the dust jacket, I mean, I wouldn't have known it was YA or that it was like Twilight. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's a shot probably. It's bad at all. It's you're, just, fact, you're just not the target yeah, audience. Yeah. Here's what's funny is I got through the whole thing. And at the end, this has been a Harlequin teen production. And oh, like, oh dang. okay you got punked <laughs> yeah yeah oh dang yep, yep yep yeah okay that's that makes sense that's what's happening here <laughs> <laughs> but anyway that was one that 
I, I got into. I was reminded of that as I was watching Shadow and Bone. Okay, um, okay. So let me start off and say, here are the things that I really did enjoy about Shadow and Bone. Please. Number one, for the show. Yeah. I haven't read the books. Same. But I understand, actually, that these are a pretty good representation of the books from mm. people who have. I mean, Netflix wanted this to be like their Game of Thrones, right? I mean, that's what I mean, I've, I've heard people say that. I don't know. Obviously, a different audience, but. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But like the production quality right. and that sort of thing. I guess that'll be the first thing I need to say that I liked about it is that pretty much every Netflix show I watch, there's some element of it that makes me go, oh, that's where they saved money. <laughs> yeah whether it's some of the acting isn't great or <laughs> whether they have cast anthony mackie in yet another show <laughs> right <laughs> or movie like dude you work a lot man like they, they must have gotten yeah. some kind of deal or else he just I, like, that's what i, I wonder if he had like a, a certain like number of episodes of whatever with yeah you wonder that i was wondering the other day when i saw it was like yet another oh the the actress from watchmen the lady who plays the the fbi agent she's in mayor of east town and also she's starring in the show called hacks i'm like man and you see that a lot you'll see one actor that's in a bunch of stuff for one network or, or you know yeah you know the chick yeah. from handmaid's tales and another show on hulu like oh yeah they do that they do that like i guess they sign some deal and they you know get a bunch of shows at once or something but right well and, they, and some, of them, that. some of them may have exclusivity deals sure um, sure in some cases or or some measure of that you know they can't do other shows or at least shows for other networks or yeah, whatever. Some type was, of show, maybe. Right, unless there was some pre-existing thing, like in the case of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm yeah, sure. I was going to say, yeah. Otherwise, Anthony Mackie's a Netflix man now. Looking at all these different shows, there's typically on Netflix, even like the shows that I really enjoy, there's typically something that says... Okay, this is a smaller scale. Yeah, like Arrested Development, the fact that it was all like scenes, it was like right. scheduling, and it was part of it. But yeah, they, it was all kind of like cut together. Mm-hmm. Um, the, another one I was thinking of that's, I guess, in kind of a similar vein of Shadow and Bone. I, I know I'm I'm not the target audience for this, but quite often I do enjoy teen shows. Mm-hmm. Is the is Fate the Wink Saga, which is I haven't totally, even heard of it. Okay, it's totally based off of like a little little girls cartoon show apparently but but apparently also has like nothing to do with that show in reality other than some characters have the same names gotcha it's rated ma so it's not like oh weird (laughs) yeah (laughs) strange i really don't know i'm kind of confused as to who they were trying to get with this Yeah, yeah like who the audience actually was intended but it's a fantasy series and it's well done. And actually, the effects are pretty good. Actually, I like the actors in it. I think the the writing isn't bad. The only thing about it that makes it feel like a Netflix show is the scale. Everything feels like it's smaller. It's, it's smaller. Yeah. The, it takes place at a school, very Harry Potter mm-hmm. uh, derivative. Yeah. Uh, but there's only like three teachers at this school. <laughs> right, right. You know, for. Yeah, you know, now that you say that, Shadow and Bone, I mean, I know this is probably not the point you're making, but Shadow and Bone, you never have like the giant crowds. I mean, there will be crowds, but they're never like Game of Thrones crowds. I feel like they did more of that. Uh, yeah, that was, I was, that's where kind of where I was going is that I feel like you were making the opposite point. And I agree with you that they were, in this case at least, trying to do more of that. But it still is never, it's still not to that HBO right. scale. Yeah, yeah. It's not It's not there. And then, of course... It, because it, they're just putting out so much more content than oh, HBO. Yeah. So much more content. And so much of it is mediocre. Yeah, I mean, yeah really. Throwing right. spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. That's, exactly. been, that's been Netflix's kind of MO oh, yeah. for their whole existence. Yeah, no, no. And uh, they've had some winners. Absolutely, they've oh, had some sure. winners. 
Stranger yeah. Things. Who would have known? We could talk all about Stranger Things and how mm-hmm. awesome it is that it has pays homage to all these great nerdy things from the eighties. Is so much fun, and that's one that I don't look at that and and see and say like, oh, this is where they save the money. No, it's perfect. I, it's, I really like exactly how they've done. I, I think mainly what they did is that it's exactly what it needs to be. Yeah, the scale is right. It doesn't feel too small. It doesn't feel they're having to kind of stretch their budget out. Right, right. While they have a handful of actors that are recognizable, I understand Sean Astin actually works for almost anything these days. <laughs> I think Winona Ryder, you know, ever since the incident um, yeah. a while back when she was caught shoplifting, hasn't gotten mm-hmm. a ton of work. So, right. um, And then other than them, you have mostly no names. The guy um, from the last season who, Billy, I don't know, uh, yeah. the, the lifeguard, he, right. was, uh, he was a Power Ranger. Right. <laughs> he yep. was great. He was great in it. He was great in Power Rangers and he was great in, in Stranger Things. He was in, in the new Power Rangers. I was going to say, I, I know last episode I was disparaging the television show. I really liked the new movie, even though I like yeah. seeing it. I was like, is this going to be like Iron Man? I kind of yeah. feel like it's like Iron Man, but I liked it. I don't know. I thoroughly enjoyed it too. I was kind of sad when they were, when they, uh, it sounds like they're not going to be. Oh yeah. Continuing it. Cause I, I was like, I want to see Tommy in this, this version. Apparently I keep meaning to read this. Apparently the comic book that is like an ongoing comic book by boom of the original power Rangers is really good. Oh. I've been meaning to like, just pick up a tea trade paperback and, and check it out. Mm. I've heard repeatedly that it's just excellent. Well, go figure. Mm-hmm. I know we're kind of all over the place with, yeah, like, yeah, of course we are. This, but that's, okay. that's the point of this episode. What I'm getting at is yes. The production value. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get to your first point here at some point. Yes. The production value for Shadow and Bone is, I think, probably about the best that Netflix has done. Yeah, you figure they've probably spent more on this than dang near any show. I mean, right. I mean, the effects are solid. Very rarely do you stop and go, oh, you know, that that's a little chintzy. You know, that took me out of the moment. No, they're they're pretty good. Gosh, the sets and the costumes the art direction, all of that props, everything. It's, it's a very solid show from a production design standpoint. Right. Um, So that's, that's one thing that I really do enjoy about it. And that is great because it is based off of a really interesting take on the fantasy world where, you know, we kind of talked about this in our previous episode, uh, the show update, how kind of what makes wheel of time interesting is that it's not the stereotypical medieval fantasy with just a european bent that there's a lot of eastern influences in the aesthetic. yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're definitely definitely not medieval right the time period is is like just on the cusp of an almost industrial, industrial yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so that's that's kind of interesting well shadow and bone is straight up the industrial era it's a very clearly a steampunk aesthetic mm-hmm. but also and this is really to me the most fascinating thing because i haven't run across anything quite like this but it's like pre-bolshevik era russia that it's mm-hmm. the, that it's based off of rather than being western europe yeah i love that they sort of and maybe you're gonna make this point no, go ahead. Uh, maybe i love that they make the point that magic users are sort of being rendered obsolete a little bit by guns right <laughs> you know they're like they're just somebody else and get shot at some point yeah. one of the one of the soldiers says that about the second army right like, yeah you know just as you know and then they're like at one point there the dude is in the 
tundra with his buddies looking for a stag i don't know anybody's names anyway and some barbarians like shoot him with a gatling gun (laughs) like it wouldn't have mattered if he had been able to throw fireballs that dude had a gatling gun right it was one of those old school gatling guns it has a crank but it's still a gatling gun right (laughs) yeah no i appreciate it i think uh daniel green of fantasy news he said it i like that guns are guns yes yes indeed indeed yeah like a, a person who is a capable gunslinger and that mm-hmm. actually there is a component so like jesper mm-hmm. yeah he's just a fun character but he's also somebody who is a fan of this series is probably going to be very frustrated that we don't know the lore term <laughs> right right <laughs> you know one of the types of magic involves metal and you know, being able to mm-hmm. um you know kind of work with metals and everything and oh, yeah they have like a weird name for their magic users what is um, it? Oh, Grisha? Grisha? What in the world? What does that mean? I don't know. It reminds it's like, me. It's like greasers. <laughs> makes me think of uh, the outsiders. It makes me think of, of Geisha, you know? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Which actually, I think, could have been intentional. There's kind of a, a thing where you could, yeah. a Geisha is kind of like brought in and treated real nice and everything, but they're used, you know? Sure, by, sure. So yeah, I think, okay. Maybe that I think is it. There may be a, an intentional um, homage kind of there, whatever you want to call it, a reference. One of the uh, magic users is tends to have be kind of in tune with with metal things and, and mechanical things. People who tend to be capable of uh, building and inventing things, but also in the case of uh, Jasper, is is a really great gunslinger. Right, um, right. Has a you know supernatural ability to be hit like a target, shoot a bullet, and like bounce off of a wall and and hit somebody. Right. Which is, you know, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I mean, uh, that's very Mistborn esque. Right. Yeah. It's not that it's never been done, but it is, we don't see it as often. Yeah. I would really wonder when this came out compared to Mistborn, the books, because um, because Mistborn, the second set of books came, uh, uh, was very much in the industrial era. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's been pretty recent. Yeah. Um, mm. You why don't you why don't you? Uh, I should. I should. Yeah. Before yeah. You go Google cast aspersions. I think it's pretty recent though. <laughs> the, yeah, uh, 2012. Yeah. So when was Mistborn Second Era? Let's see. Because it was was it more recent than that or? No. See. I mean, I know First Era was a while ago now. God damn it! Why am I not having I'm having trouble finding this? Alloy of Law. Written in 2011. So uh, yeah, it's just yeah, before, yeah. And, you know, so I mean, I guess, it wasn't like he had like yeah. a lock on, on right. These things, but certainly yeah, there's some similarities there. Right. I mean, I don't even know if that was the first time that idea had really been introduced. Oh, sure. Probably not everything. There's nothing new under the sun. Right. Anyway. Yeah. I, I do like the way magic users are handled in this. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. It's, I mean, it's a soft magic system but not totally soft it has it has some clear things here's the thing and this is where i'm not going to get into specifics but in the last episode there's a thing that happens that uh, up to that point i would have said the magic system was somewhat harder like there's some some clear rules like okay here's this and the limits and this happens and that happens right and then it has a thing that happens and a a character is able to change something because they realize something like the the power was in them all along kind of thing basically yeah oh geez (laughs) and and that's where to me as far as the story goes 
I wasn't like super hyped about it at yeah. any point, but I was enjoying it kind of up until that point and it kind of lost me a little bit not sure like, sure yeah if it's not consistent yeah you know oh, where it felt a little bit like yeah okay so you just you threw know, away all your rules right. because you wanted well, to do well, something was, different and what it reminded me of is like in smallville back in the day how clark would uh not react to kryptonite until he could see it most of the time <laughs> right right you know and it was so it was always about the like the, the plot working out like yeah, dude, if he had that kryptonite in his pocket, then it, it wouldn't have mattered you know, anyway. Right. It, it felt a little bit like that, where it was like, well, this is what needed to happen for the plot. And that's what fantasy gets railed on all the it time does. for. Yeah, the and, rules are bendy and fuzzy. Right. Because up to that point, like I said, the magic system felt like a fairly hard magic system. Yeah. And it just softened way up at the end um that's unfortunate and, and that may be that may be my misunderstanding i want to say of something yeah, listeners if you're fans of these books and you right. have some knowledge you like to drop on us i'm here for it i'm, I'm interested yeah. i'm just skeptical <laughs> yeah I, no absolutely and you may say either i misunderstood it or they didn't represent it well in the series and if you watch it i think you'll know what i'm talking about yeah i'm it, still planning to finish it i'll do yeah. that i like the general premise the setup having this zone that is you know full of darkness that is almost impossible to cross and everything that's intriguing the way it's portrayed in the series i think was done really well it looks like visually it looks great oh yeah that is true the the magic is done well the the sets are amazing like yeah I'm, i'm with you on the production values in general are just very good Right. What you're saying about the, you know, once you get into the relationships and things, I mean, this is the thing that something that people miss about the strength of Harry Potter is that the relationships were a side dish. It was not the main point for many books, in part because he was so little when he started, when they started the first book, you know, he's just just not even on their radar because it's a kid. And even when they kind of come to the forefront, it's more like they're not the point of that book. Yeah, they're all in the midst of these adventures. Mm -hmm. And And they're all sort of going through adolescence together and just trying to like figure out being awkward. And it just feels like a bunch of kids growing up. It doesn't feel like this yeah yeah i don't know maybe some of our listeners will be different it's one of the things that can be a weakness in ya as as like a common weakness i mean yeah hunger games certainly had had the same right hunger games had it you know elements of relationship stuff in the divergent series so i i to me it's it's kind of a thing where people almost act like this has got to be a big focus Mm-hmm. And I'd be more curious to see if fantasy sci-fi YA series, like if somebody challenged themselves to say, we're not going to do a relationship in this one, or at least we're not going to have, we're not going to set one up in the first book even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like what if, if, if it happens, it's, it's going to be organically yes exactly natural feeling then okay here's the very obvious love triangle (laughs) that's exactly what it felt like especially when the one dude is so much older like come on yeah yeah it's weird i mean the actor is literally he's 39 (laughs) yeah he is he's 39 he's like 25 or 23 or something like yeah like oh come on man yeah why do we have to do that 
Yeah. And Prince Caspian. Right. That's so funny. He looks to me, he looks like Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. It's not the oh, same actor. Yeah, yeah. He definitely has that. that look going. The hair. Well, it's it's funny to me that he's like the, the biggest name in the whole series and he's not a name. I mean he's Right, like, right. Oh Prince he's Caspian. Barely, oh. Yeah, he's barely a face. And maybe where they save their money, so to speak, but all the actors are solid. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, you don't have like a bad performance. Um, the characters are likable and all that. So yeah, for sure. Anyway, any other thoughts on Shadow and Bone? No, I think we should just go ahead and jump right back into the net, the other Netflix show, <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter's Legacy. Um, I keep trying to say Jupiter Rising. I was just talking about Red right. Rising. Yeah, Jupiter ascending. Yeah, isn't Jupiter that, ascending. <laughs> isn't that it? Jupiter ascending. That strange, strange, Very strange film. from the Wachowskis. That was yeah. such a oh man, what yeah. a romp that was. Yeah, and I mean, it's and like you know, a fever dream. Yeah, there's a handful of people who will tell you, "Oh, that that movie really got shortchanged. That was a really good movie." No, um, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> I. I I saw a lot of people trying to say like, you know, hey, original sci-fi just can't get any traction anymore because of all <laughs> pre-existing properties. And this was a real tragedy that this didn't get the attention it deserved. And, and I heard that all before I actually got around to watching it. I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, you know, I'll give it a shot. It's so weird. The, the, I mean, just looking at the, I mean, I, I remember Mila Kunis was in a Chang Tatum, but, and Eddie Redmayne, those are the three. Right. But also Sean Bean, Vanessa Kirby from The Crown, Terry right. Gilliam, I like i even realized that yeah it's just it's, so weird it's like it's such got a, a huge, crazy cat like yeah, uh, the cast it does. is great like, it does. apparently halle um, berry is in it at some point uh, it's a but strange strange, strange film strange yeah. movie had mm-hmm. some good ideas but I, I, I feel like it was it took a really big swing it did <laughs> and, and, and missed <laughs> yeah i appreciate original sci-fi i mean you know obviously i watched it i'll check i just it. don't have a lot of appetite for it i don't i love science fiction in the literary form sure i don't know man i like all the netflix shows i just i just have gotten get haven't gotten through any of them i'll watch fantasy faster than i'll watch sci-fi yeah, first of all yeah I hear you. i'll watch fantasy or superhero stuff um, superhero stuff we're getting around to that sci-fi i would probably read it before i would watch it or it's like well, almost it's almost all i read other than when i'm not reading like wheel of time honestly like looking yeah. at my goodreads like everything i've read this year has been sci-fi yeah. but but yeah in tv and movie form i just have low tolerance for it because there's so much that isn't good i mean really yeah. that's just the i think world building and sci-fi and the visual mm-hmm. component that and having it not feel so otherworldly that you just cannot relate. Yeah, yeah, for you know, sure. I think is is difficult because sometimes with sci-fi things starts to fall apart. Like, yeah, but why don't they just, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. of course, that, that happens with fantasy too. So that's really any speculative fiction can have right. that. When you start getting into the, to the realm of magic and, and technology that's like magic. Yeah, right. For sure. Um, basically. And I mean, I guess to me, the thing with sci-fi that is why I prefer fantasy and why also, by the way, I will argue that that Star Wars is fantasy and not sci-fi. Of course it is. Yeah. Is that sci-fi tends to be more dour. It does. Yeah. There are streaks of strains of sci-fi that are more optimistic. But yeah, there is, you know, the Gene Roddenberry's of the world. Right. Exactly. But there is, especially recently, been kind of an influx of more 
dystopian rather than utopian yep. approaches to things. So that's a fair. I mean, I, I, I definitely think that's true. But superheroes, <laughs> it really, it's funny. It really seems like it has become, I can't remember where I read this, it's become a genre like Westerns, yes. where it is like a framing device by which you can tell other stories. I, and I actually have said this for years. I'll say this is like it or not this is the success of the mcu they figured this oh, out yeah. early they did yeah because they were telling other stories yeah they were right. telling other types of stories in exactly worlds yeah yeah ant-man is uh, is a heist movie mm-hmm. and the the winter soldier is an espionage thriller and, right right and so you can go down the list of some of these mm-hmm. different that are like subgenres that they're actually telling inside of the the superhero genre it's funny to me that a lot of these superhero shows and movies that are not Marvel and DC end up, and this is the same, this is because of the source material comics, the comics that they use, uh, they end up emulating DC. And mm-hmm. it's like, I guess it's just so easy to, yeah, it's so easy to reach for the Justice League, for Batman, Superman, the Trinity, Batman, Superman, yeah. Wonder Woman. It's, they're so iconic. And so like doing a variation on that in order to tell your own story, it's like you immediately, you know, you see the superheroes floating down with the capes and you, you see the three of them or however many you're like, oh, we know a lot of things already. We assume a lot of things already. Right. And that, of course, is the case in are not Jupiter ascending (laughs) Jupiter's legacy. And also, and I would, I would say at the same time, it recently released invincible on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about these two shows at the same time, because I really think it's a crime that invincible (laughs) is a cartoon starring JK Simmons. I mean, he's got got some big names in it, but so it's a cartoon. So it hasn't gotten as much press, but in my opinion, much better show. Oh yeah. Much better show. I didn't finish. I didn't finish it. Oh man, I I love it, and I was try. I was having trouble getting through <laughs> through Jupiter. Honestly, oh, yeah? I okay. really was, really was okay. not was not my thing, and Invincible was. Uh, but okay. it's funny because they're both like they're similar, know, em- emulating yeah. DC. Yeah, I think part of what you're, what you're seeing when you're saying like you know people are em- emulating DC is Invincible and Jupiter's Legacy and and the boys. The boys, yeah, that's the other one. Mm-hmm. Are all telling a a slightly more what I'm, I, I think the showrunners would see as a slightly more realistic take on the classic superheroes mm-hmm. in, yeah. in a modern day. So and like, take it or leave it, the classic superheroes really are Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. I mean, that's right. like, like right. We, we now love Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, but 20 years ago... Yeah, I mean, people who knew knew who they were, but they were not iconic in the way that Superman was. Just weren't. And now, you know, yeah, sure. Robert Downey as Iron Man, absolutely memorable, iconic, etc. But 20 years ago, it was Michael Keaton and Christopher Reeves, you know. Right. Uh, Or Dean Cain. Come on. Dean Cain. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's really, I, I, in a lot of ways, I, Linda I Carter, is that right? Uh, Linda, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the original Wonder Woman. Yeah. Here's the thing: I feel like Marvel, to some degree. Now, I know some people who aren't as big a fan of the MCU might disagree, mm-hmm. but to some degree, the strength of Marvel, of the comics and the movies, is that 
they already have enough of a self-awareness and a, okay, but what if superheroes were real? Yeah. That was always something that Stan Lee emphasized. Right. From the very, the DNA of these characters. I mean, someone like Spider-Man, a guy who always is struggling to pay his bills and, you know, like has, has all the normal people problems. You know, yeah. that Superman just didn't have, you know, yeah. like generally it, at one point. Now, I mean, I think at some point DC sort of realized they needed to do that and did right. and has have implemented that in a lot of more recent comics. But even today, you see DC doing these sweeping kind of like universe bending events and they're not as as apt to zoom in. Right. Um, and I mean, I, that's not fair. I mean, Scott Snyder, I think, uh, has done a really good job with with Batman and a bunch of characters to to really tell some interesting stories. But that is that from the very beginning of some of the, the genesis of some of these characters in the Marvel Universe, that was always a very key part of it and the reason why they were so successful. I think that's part of why it's a little more interesting to pose these questions around the DC universe, sure. because essentially the DC kind of type characters, we we haven't seen them as much in a less than idealized version. Now, lately, especially in like the movies and TV shows, right? right, right. Now, like in the comics, they've totally have, but yeah, yeah I think yeah. that the movies and TV shows just haven't caught up to that. Yeah. Right now, lately, We've gotten a lot darker in the DC world too, yeah, but right. that's, you know, in, in, in some of the wrong ways, <laughs> right? Yeah, or tried to, and mm-hmm. it's you know not quite panned out. But. And that's part of it also is that Marvel has just stuck the landing so well. Generally, right. that like you just there hasn't been like an opening to do this sort, you know, to right. that sort of satire. I mean, I'm sure it's coming. You yeah. know, give it another ten or fifteen years, and we'll you know we'll be there. Yeah, and I um, but I I think. Part of what makes it interesting is there's no doubt the DC superheroes are gods. Yes, indeed. indeed. And so it's kind Benevolent of Benevolent like, gods. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like asking the question, like boys is saying, okay, what if, if there were really people who had this kind of power, mm, godlike power, what would right, they do? They would, they would, they would probably actually be basically evil or sociopaths. Yeah. yeah self-serving mm-hmm. and they wouldn't be concerned with other people. It would be corporations would take, advantage of it and figure yeah, out a way to know, leverage it yada 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 it makes me think about bill gates yeah <laughs> this week you know it's like you never never meet your heroes or whatever like <laughs> you hear about something in you know bill gates personal life or or elon musk or i mean right. i don't necessarily want to compare those two but jeff bezos had marital affairs and stuff it's like you know these are people who were incredibly successful, the most successful people on earth. Right. To some degree, there was always this kind of like hero worship of someone like Bill Gates, especially the, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for crying out loud, right. you know, yeah. doing, doing literally wonderful things. And then you find out that they're human, that they're, they've right. had some skeletons in their closet or, you know, they've right. you know, made mistakes, whatever. And, and so there, and so, yeah, I think that there was an element of, unreality when it comes to superman and mm-hmm. and batman and wonder woman that was yeah. sort of rife for rife yeah. for satire for for exploring in a in a in a different way and it necessarily has to be characters that are different you know and from invincible omni-man instead of right. uh, superman or from jupiter's legacy the utopian like right just you know nod nudge nudge wink wink like we know who this really is you know? right it's that question it's like okay so what if people had godlike powers would they be good people really mm-hmm. or would they or would they be like the home homelander from the boys right who's yeah <laughs> essentially just a sociopath uh-huh. and it's interesting and i guess 
I, I'm not a fan of the boys. Oh, I, I love the boys. I mean, yeah. it is it is over the top violence and you know all kinds of stuff, but it just seems so believable to me. I mean, yeah. someone like Homelander and just seeing him having the American flag on his back and you know going to like. Um, like he did went to like a church revival and was like preaching and then and then going and murdering somebody and like you know yeah. he's just you could totally see somebody being like this to me the boys is so cynical it really is it's so bleak and dark and like and, oh my gosh these are awful 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 people i mean it's 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 like nihilistic but has this and that's like signature garthiness you know <laughs> like, yeah it takes what to me is the purpose of superhero as a, as a genre of, 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 if you will, literature, mm-hmm. um, is the idealized human is like, sure, sure. What, if, what if we could be better? And I think, and for me, I think it makes it that much better in, in the undermining of that. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, that's why it is, that, that's why it's interesting. That's why it's found an audience. Yeah. Uh, this, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, obviously we're, we're of different opinions and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I, the reason why I liked connecting more with, um, Jupiter's legacy than I did with the boys is because it had a, a strong dose of that, you know, okay, yeah, but what if they were real people? Yeah. But it doesn't have the total cynicism the of the total bleakness. Yeah. Like um, the the Superman character does hasn't gone all the way to being a sociopath. He right. actually is trying to be Superman. It's right. just hard. It's harder. <laughs> right. Exactly. And the other thing that I, I guess I find intriguing about it is that it is it's kind of a little more even keeled of, you know, kind of the cynicism of the boys with mm-hmm. wanting, that, wanting that idealized. Yeah. But what if we could be better? What if we mm-hmm. could looking towards an ideal, having an example that you're like, this is what we look to a standard that's like, this is the kind of which, you know, is also in a lot of ways, the ideal idea of royalty back in. Sure. Uh, sure. Days when that was yeah, um, no, more I, common. I don't disagree with you at all on this. We disagree on the boys, but I don't disagree with you on this. That I all of the, the stuff pertaining to superheroes in Jupiter's legacy, I loved. I had no problem with that. I was watching this with my wife, and what I didn't love <laughs> was the extensive flashback scene to the twenties and thirties or the twenties yeah. with like going to the island and like this yeah. dead dad talking to him like this is this is wholly unnecessary <laughs> and and really stops the plot dead for me. It just did not yeah. work. I really like my wife didn't even finish watching it. She's like, this is not what we signed up for. <laughs> this is just, <laughs> this is a classic Netflix slowdown in the yeah. middle of the, ser- of the series. And it really messed it up for me. And the last episode was a great payoff. Loved it. I needed the whole series to be like that though. The whole season to be like that. Mm-hmm. And it just really, the whole like, have one episode be the flashback to where his dad dies and go to the island and get your powers and all that stuff. But don't have it be half the show, man. No, I can agree with that. I think I think if they uh, had if they had all put it into one episode and, yeah. and given you the whole origin Let's story. Give us a montage or something. You man. know, that, that tells the whole story at once. That probably would have been you would have had more time to develop the modern the modern day cast. I mean, because there was yeah. a lot of those those you know the young guys. I wanted more about you know his son, more about the the Teen Titan group. You right. know, like we just didn't get we didn't For get sure. a chance. Like that that was yeah. my, that was my well, thing. they focused a lot on his daughter. And that, that was unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, I and and I I wanted to care more about her than I found myself. She was caring. awful. 
Yeah, she just seemed like just awful. We we needed more demonstration of his failings as a father. To yeah, right, it mostly be, seemed like he was like, "Hi, I'm trying to be here," and she's like, "I'm gonna go do some drugs." Right, and she just kept saying, "You weren't there for me." And <laughs> like, well, I'm here now, man. Like, he, your dad's Superman. I mean, he's saving people's <laughs> lives. You know, yeah. kind of, like you're saying, I would have liked to have either gotten better development from all of them. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I I now I didn't dislike the flashbacks. I enjoyed them, but I can also get behind needing to consolidate them into one episode because it it, it just does. seems so weird. Like it's got this Cthulhuan like you yes. know Lovecraftian thing. Even they even mentioned Lovecraft at one one point, which right. is confusing. Yeah, uh, and then they get their they get to Jupiter or whatever, and it's yeah. like what what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I get that this is a comic book plot. Okay, well let's just gloss over this a little bit more because man what they really needed to do i think is the last episode or second to last episode is when they finally get to the island Mm -hmm. the island if they were going to do the intercut they should have been on the island way sooner right and i i have no problem saying that that was the weakest yeah yeah for sure and then the second weakest with his daughter but yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um what i enjoyed about it is that intersection of you have the modern ideal. Yeah. And then in postmodernism, there is no ideal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's basically, of course, there's an emphasis yeah, on the he was like struggling with that. You know, he's like, no, this is the creed we, we live by right. and yeah. we don't kill. And his son's like, well, that dude was about to, you know, go thermonuclear and kill all right. of y'all. So I, I blew his, I knocked his brains out with my fist. Yeah. And it's, of course, it's hard not to agree with him, even if you're kind of like mm-hmm. trying to be sympathetic with. Yeah. Utopian. You can see Superman struggling with that a little bit, you know, right. like, like I, yeah, you, you, part of me wants to believe you did the right thing, but also this, this oath has, or creed, whatever it's called, right. oath, whatever it is, code. has the code, dadgummit, <laughs> has served me well for all these years and has been the well, guiding light of my life. It's evidenced by the fact that there were a lot of people really upset at the end of Man of Steel that Superman just yeah, kills a guy. Sure. That's and that's and that was this is the reckoning with that problem that the Snyderverse just doesn't do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is playing out in real time that struggle. Like mm-hmm. why we have that struggle with the DC characters. Yeah, sure, sure. Is, right is because they do somewhat require that level of pureness to, you know, their, their piety needs to be somewhat complete. It's to Um, equal their, their power to some degree. Yeah. Um, They can't just be normal people. Right. But at the same time, no good deed goes unpunished. There has to be a way in which they suffer for it and also struggle with it and have questions about it and see, Mm -hmm that there's a lot of gray in this world and it's like how do we handle that i mean what do you do if you're if you're so against killing somebody they're intent on killing you right yeah and and so yeah it's fun his uh like interview with the or when he was in therapy quote unquote and i guess i guess at this point we've spoiled other things it was a that the whole thing with the therapy is a fun twist right i really enjoyed that that was right yeah yeah I'll say an, uh, another weakness of it is just the old old age makeup in it is. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. That the, the wigs were pretty in the in your face a little bit. Like, yeah, like it's it's technically good old age makeup. I, I, mm-hmm. I know it's just I so it's just so obvious, especially right. between the flashbacks and right. knowing what Josh Duhamel looks like. You know, right? Yeah, at, 
Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying aside from that, if you can get past that, the acting in it is pretty solid, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have no problem with that. It's it's slow at times, and it's the focus is not on the superheroing. Right, that's my problem. And I really, really, this is I, I really wanted his son to flick his hair out of his face. <laughs> <laughs> Very important. Yeah. That was yeah. really annoying me. No, uh, I, I think that we're we're on the same page about it. It yeah. was it was a it was a good show that was frustrating, very frustrating at times. Just yeah. it could have been better. Um, yeah. but it, it did it did some really cool things that hadn't been done. Re- resonated, I think, in a way that sure. uh, that other stuff hasn't. So yeah, I think I mean. I enjoyed enough about like the family relationship that that was that that was intriguing enough that when it wasn't superhero-y, yeah, yeah. I was intrigued by that. But I also do agree at the same time, they could have even outside of superheroing, they could have focused on some of some characters differently uh, mm-hmm. than, than they did. Or, or at least I, I guess improved like the portrayal of the daughter. Uh, if they were going to focus on her so much, mm-hmm. I, I, I did not find myself sympathizing with her. Nope. Not and, even a little bit. Yeah. And they clearly wanted us to. And so I was like, well, well we we needed to have more than just like the short scene at the beginning where he flies off instead of getting them ice cream. To, <laughs> like that could have been like right. flashbacks to him, you know, in the nineties or whatever, when they're kids. And I know you, I promised I would be here, but, and just show him like continually failing mm-hmm. as a father. Right. Yeah. Well, he needed to build that up a little bit more for sure. Right. And then, you know, maybe we would be a little more sympathetic when he seems to be trying really yeah. hard to do better. And there's that there's that scene where he's in in bed with Miss whatever the the his wife whatever the, yeah. the actress is the anyway uh, yeah. and then he's like I hear an asteroid around Mars yeah, yeah. I've got a, a comment I've got to go take care of that right. <laughs> like oh that couldn't have waited a minute man yeah. like that, that was actually one of the better episodes because the whole thing is he's gone and so she has to deal with yeah what's and, going on on Earth yeah right and and you know unfortunate things take place because mm-hmm. he's not there. Anyway, it's intriguing. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't get picked up because, like you say, they throw so much stuff out there. But I would actually really like to I think that, yeah, I bet it'll get one more, at least one more season. Yeah, Um, typically they... Especially given the ending. I mean, there was a a twist, cliffhanger ending, and I don't know, I guess it was there. I I didn't really... I need need more information about why. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say I, I kind of... I, I don't want to be this guy because uh, somebody did it to me recently about actually the nevers uh-huh. with the twist in that one where they were like, yeah, I, I figured. And it's like, to me, the twist in that one is so out there, yeah, yeah, but also kind of brilliant that I was like, what, how could you have seen that coming? Right. right. And, but I did, I had a feeling about yeah. that. Okay. That twist. I'll just say that much. I wasn't like, I guess I just wasn't even like looking for a twist. Like, right. so I was like, Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that I guess, works. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I won't say I was looking for a twist. So I was. I, I still was surprised. But they they do a good job of giving you everything's wrapped up, and mm-hmm. then and then it's like, oh wow, not um, so much. Yeah, and um, turn everything on its head. Yeah. So, but yeah, I that's that's part of the reason why. And I, I wanted I wanted more of Sky Fox Batman. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Sky Fox is a weird name. Uh, right. <laughs> it just makes me think yeah. of Nintendo 64, Star Fox. But yeah, yeah, it does. But I, um, I you know, he was he, he was okay in the. You know, I didn't like the flashbacks. I wanted, I wanted him. I, I didn't like that he wasn't. I'm. That's again. I, I'd like to see a second season. Yeah. You know, maybe they'll focus a little bit less on on flashbacks. Although I think we're still going to get flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Maybe or maybe the flashbacks will be more interesting. No, well, at least they'll be superheroes and right. so yeah. that's something. Right. <laughs> we'll exactly. be crazy on a quest to an island and have Lovecraftian overtones. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's uh, Jupiter's Legacy. You talked about Invincible. I watched the first couple of episodes, and I didn't not like it, but it didn't just it just didn't grab me. Oh, fair um, enough. No, like, like the the big twist at the end of the first, I think it's the end of the first episode, uh, the big battle and with the Guardians of the Globe with the Justice League between mm-hmm. them and Omni Man. That uh, that's what grabbed me. I was like, oh, why is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that that really. I really, I really liked that as a concept. And I mean, I'm not saying it's it's bad. I just, and I'll I'll give it another shot since you enjoyed it. Yeah, um, no, I really, I, I think it's I think it's worth it. I just, I really think I feel like it should have been live action. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. it's good, good material. It J.K. Simmons, way, even just yeah, even I was kind of like, this feels not right as a yeah animated yeah. show. Yeah, totally, totally. That's fair. And I don't know if it was the animation style. I guess it reminds me a lot of like the '90s Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, style. Yeah, I get that. J.K. Simmons, uh, Omni Man, actually looks kind of ironically, kind of like J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, yeah, he does. He really does. From from the '90s Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. I'm sure uh, that was slightly intentional. I yeah. would imagine. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'll 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 be sure to check that out. It's funny how how easy it is for us to fill up an hour talking about oh yeah other, I, things other than Wheel of Time. <laughs> well, that was that was why I knew. I mean, like that's why I was suggesting it. It was like I knew we could do that. No yeah, for, for sure. Especially and, with uh, some of the stuff that's been coming out lately. You've gotten we've gotten kind of into the post quarantine set of shows that kind of all are getting dumped out now. Right, it, right, true. It, it feels like like stuff that got put on hold and they like had they came back and finished it. Right, um, finished the last few shoots in post. Right. And and I, th- I think that's why we're getting so much stuff right now. Mm-hmm. As always, thanks guys for listening to your podcast. We'll we'll end there for now. As I mentioned back at the start, we're now asking folks if they want to to send us a, a donation to help support the podcast. You can visit tsmpodcast.com and click on that little yellow donate button at the top left. And this is going to help us keep the podcast going, help fund some of costs involved. If you have questions, comments, concerns, considerations, conflagrations, <laughs> um, or, or corrections, uh, you, you know, we, we talked about uh, a lot of stuff here. And if you have thoughts about any of it, we'd love to hear it. If you're yeah, totally, if you're like, we hate uh, off topic stuff, you can tell us that and we'll probably ignore it because um, I think we're going to try to do this at least, you know, once every few months, yeah. if not more going forward I keep, um, making, I keep having notes like written up for this and then like don't use any of them so <laughs> right if there's a show or book or you know nerd culture thing that you're like hey what do you guys think of this send that to us and if we haven't checked it out yet we'll check it out and we'll talk about it on one of our upcoming off-topic episodes so yeah you can find us on all the socials that's would be a good place if you're wanting us to check a book or a show or a book or or podcast or whatever it is you can find us on uh, podcast tsm on twitter 
Instagram, Facebook. Say hello on our website, fill out our contact form or emails at stuff at tsmpodcast.com. We'll be uh, going into The Great Hunt, which yes, we've already done, but we're kind of redoing it because the last time it was kind of spoilery and all over the place. And we're going to be doing a, a, a few episodes, I think at least four episodes on The Great Hunt. So yeah. look forward to jumping into that next week. Thanks again. And Tysha Armanetherin.